Renee Barabo, known as the Practical Shaman, and it's my honor to welcome you to the I Am Winter Solstice Symposium that celebrates the midwinter wind from December 21st to New Year's Day. We have gathered women who have walked their talk, who share from their heart, and offer tools for awakening during these turbulent winds of change and the dark days of winter ahead. Hello, and welcome back to the I Am Winter Solstice Symposium, where we're special with all of the people holding space and the fire keepers for this event. So join us at the fire and join us at the wind clan to, to see all of these. This is a gift from us to you. And today I'm very, very excited to introduce our up and coming famous chef, Maya Toll, uh, the author of the Illustrated Herbary and two other books that are forthcoming. And she has spent a life changing year apprenticing to a traditional medicine woman in Ireland. And she mentors spiritual wellness seekers, practitioners and teachers throughout her online program, the Medicine Keepers Collective, and is founder and owner of Herbary, a natural product store with locations in Asheville, North Carolina and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Toll has taught botanical medicine at Westchester University and at the Amazon Center for Environmental Education and Research in the Peruvian jungle. She lectures at hospitals, university, and herbal conferences, and runs her own deep magic retreat in North Carolina mountains during the witchy twilight of autumn. She blogs to an international following at myatoll.com and lives in Asheville, North Carolina, right near my, where my assistant, my um, virtual assistant lives over there, and she keeps saying, I got to come do, do my book tour there, too, so hopefully oh, yeah. next year. Yes, this is the part of the world where you will be very supported. Well, I'm really excited to to be with you and talk with you today about, you know, herbs and um, and we can get into the animal kingdom and crystals that are really valuable for the the time of winter, the time of the hibernation and the time that's upon us where we really go deeper into ourselves and deeper into our homes and deeper into our processes in order to germinate what's coming next in our lives and clearly you've got a lot germinating this year with <laughs> all of all of this instant success finally with your books and more books coming and and people like hungering for this knowledge of herbs welcome thank you thank you it's it's been a fascinating journey um i i went to ireland when i was 33 which i i call the jesus year because many women I found somewhere in that like 31 to 35 window go through a death and rebirth. And that's really what this time of the year is, right? This is our time of death and rebirth. So we go through it seasonally, but we also go through it at various points on the longer timeline of our lives because we're always in cycles. So I, I went to Ireland and studied with a, a medicine woman there for a full year and um, really had the time and the space and the quiet and, and the loneliness to, 
start talking to things other than the humans. Mm. Um, and you know, I've been working with the plants ever since I did a dozen years as a clinical herbalist. And now I've moved more into sharing these more cyclical women's wisdom type of teachings. Um, and especially introducing people to the medicine kingdoms, to the plants, to the animals, and to the stones, the crystals, because this is the medicine that like predates the, the, pharmacies and, you know, the different pharmaceutical companies. This is the medicine that the earth gifted us and stepping back into relationship with it. It's a beautiful mystery. It, it gives us, um, it gives us a place in the dance. Yeah. Kind of like the wind medicine that was ancient wisdom that people used really on a daily basis to navigate their lives. And somehow from turning from uh, agricultural society into industrial society, we, we tossed all of those, those processes and those practices away. And now that we're, you know, we're in this technological age and yet people are still hungry for getting back to nature and getting back to the herbs. So how do you tend to yourself during, I mean, in being in Ireland for a year where it was probably a lot more rainy and gloomy and that cold damp and, and that's yes. kind of typical, this, the symptoms of winter, uh, if you're in, you know, certain parts of North America and, you know, certainly it's the summer in South America, but how do you start to tend to your own inner wisdom during the darkness? Yeah. So I always start with, the image that, that the plants give us, that the trees give us. So I just wanna kind of walk through the cycle of the year because I feel like when you understand the cycle of the year from a plant's point of view, then it becomes very clear what you need to do, right? So most people start cycles for shamanic work and things like that in the East with the sunrise, but I start in the North, okay? Mm. I start in the North in the winter, in the deep cold. You too? Yeah, me too. My, yes. program, my program is like right now I'm teaching a class uh, or the fall class goes for the winter. Yeah. And then the winter is to germinate what you got in the fall so that you can plant new seeds in the spring. It, yes. Yes. And I, you know, I love that that's coming back in a big way because when you start in the spring with like, if you think about the plants, they're already above ground, they've got leaves and you have no energetic foundation for how the heck you got there, right? Like the, met the metaphor is a little broken. But when you start, I start personally because I studied in Ireland. And just to be clear, because I think a lot of people are like, oh, I love Irish culture, but I am not Irish. Neither am I. Russian Jew, 100%. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't learn from another culture and a teacher from another culture. So... In the, in the Celtic year, will of the year, um, the year ends at Samhain, which is somewhere in late October, early November. Remember, these things were not based on um, the, the papal calendar that we use now. These were based on moon cycles and things like that. So it wasn't October 31st. It was somewhere in that region. And that was when the harvest was brought in and things were being put to rest. And one of my favorite um, stories that my teacher in Ireland used to tell was 
that you can't harvest anything after Samhain because the fairies come out and piss on the plants. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I think, a beautiful way to remind people that we share the world, right? We, we share the world with animals who also need to get their winter harvest in. And so if we take every single last um, rose hip and acorn, there's nothing left for the animals who also need to get their winter harvest. So I love this, right? I love this idea that you need their nourishment. Yep. Yep. So there's a, there's a cutoff point, and that's the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And then the, the cycle is that that's actually when the new year begins. But for me personally, I feel like the new year doesn't begin until winter solstice. So there's this interstitial time, this in-between time from Samhain to winter solstice, where the veils are thin, the other world is close, and seeds are not yet underground. It's this weird in between time, right? Because like, let's say the the oak dropped an acorn, that acorn hasn't worked its way into the earth yet. It's still kind of sitting on top or sitting on your porch or wherever, wherever it's landed. And so it's this in between time between one year and the next, between the, the seeds and the planting, because it takes a little time for things to get worked under. And then we go into the winter and those seeds have been turned under, they're under the ground and they're in the dark. They're in the womb of the earth. They're not ready to do anything. And if you pull a seed up too soon, you're never going to get anything from it. It's just a, you know, a little potential that didn't bloom. So that, that dark time that we come into at the winter solstice that we're stepping into is so necessary to bring anything to life, right? The plants teach us this, they know this. And if we can be with this and put down our ambition, put down our need to grow and give ourselves the winter, give ourselves time to just thank the fires and be, then we're going to have the energy to come up in the spring, right? So then the plants come up in the spring and this is an ascending cycle. They're reaching for the sun. They're up, 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 up until the summer solstice when the energy starts to slowly descend and descending energy will coalesce, right? Like ascending energy is moving outward. It's not condensing, but to get fruit, we need the energy to start to coalesce and you get that on the downward, on the descent. And then we're back around to Samhain. So this is the lesson right? How do, you, how do you get yourself through the winter? Make like a tree. So how do we make like a tree? Yeah. So I start <laughs> personally, I start in the autumn. What needs to go, right? I'm dropping my leaves. What needs to go? And I hit this on, on all different levels. So a lot of times I start with the physical level because that's easy. I clean out my closets. I clean out my kitchen drawers. You know, I make sure that things are tidy and I get rid of what I don't need. And then I turn inward on the inner planes. What needs to go? What am I holding on to? Am I not forgiving someone? Am I holding anger? Am I holding old ideas about myself that I don't need anymore? Um, I actually do a retreat right at the cusp 
every year. It's called the Deep Magic Retreat. And that's, we do this work together. And then we go into the spirit realms. What from our lineage, what from our ancestry needs to be released? What from lineages that might not be our DNA lineage, but like our learning lineage needs to be released? And so we systematically work through all these layers, letting go, letting go. Just like the leaves are losing, the trees are losing their leaves, um, we just keep letting things go. So uh, personally, I like to bring things to the fire. That's one of my favorite ways because I feel like first you bring it to the fire and then that gets turned under for compost. When you bring it to the fire, you're also really bringing it to earth and fire can exist without air. So you're getting a lot of like elemental action in there. Um, the, you know, the old, the old school thought of bringing anything to the fire is you're burning it up, but you're also releasing its energy right? So you're releasing the energy either as prayer or just to let that energy dissipate because it's no longer needed. So I think fire is a great tool at this time of year. Um, and then I also start working with the herbs to build myself because you don't want your energy to release too much. What you really want to do is kind of bank your energy. So just like the bears, you know, the animals, the animals teach us the same way the plants do. The bears eat like mad, at this time of year, you know, if you live in a neighborhood with bears, they're climbing over the fences to get to the acorns. I mean, they, they are everywhere because they need to bank enough energy to get them through this quiet time. It's almost like creating your own seed pod, right? Because a seed is all that concentrated energy. So I start working with herbs that will keep my body sustained. And usually what I'm looking for, and this is called energetics, um, I'm looking for herbs that are building and sweet. The sweet taste is building. So in the herb world, one of my favorites is burdock root, which can just be put into even your, like if I drink decaf coffee all day. So, you know, you can put the herbs right into your coffee grounds, which is great. It makes life super simple. Um, I love easy solutions when we're doing something daily. You know, I think sometimes what happens is we get really excited for, for ritual and we go on a retreat, we do some big ritual, we do journey work, we're, you know, we're in and then we go home and we drop it. So what are the daily practices that are easy and replicable? Rep replicable <laughs> that you can kind of keep up with. And so something like putting burdock root, um, putting chaga mushroom right into your, into your coffee, if you're a coffee drinker, is a great way to go. Or they make a lovely tea all by themselves if you want to steep them and decoct them into a tea. Um, so that begins to build your body so you're ready for this winter time. And I know for me, when I was 30 and I was, I, I went into a major depression because I had quit using drugs and alcohol at that time. And I went to an Ayurvedic herb. Do you, have you worked with any of the Ayurvedic herbs at all or? Yeah, I work with some of them. My training is, is Western herbs. Okay. So, you know, I pull in the Ayurvedic herbs. At this point, herbalism has become the giant melting pot. And, you know, we almost all use everything, but I don't know the you know, the more esoteric herbs in the Ayurvedic um, pharmacopoeia. So I always say that the Ayurvedic medicine saved my life and, and you know, working 
in treatment where, you know, it's like a, there's a real medical model going on now, you know, and people do tend to get more depressed and, and without the lack of light and stuff in, this, in the winter months. So will the burdock and the, this mushroom, what, what was the name of that mushroom? Chaga. Chaga. So yeah, the burdock and the chaga are great for building you physically, but when it comes to what you're talking about, which is much more of um, an emotional level need, I usually tell people, it's a little late for this, but do it anyway, to start, <laughs> to start at the fall equinox with vitamin D, which is kind of like liquid sunshine, St. John's wort, and lemon balm. And fish oil can help in there too. The only thing you have to worry about is if you are taking SSRIs, if you're taking you know, pharmaceutical antidepressants, you probably don't want to mix those with the St. John's wort. That's not a good combination. Um, but you can do the lemon balm and the vitamin D and the fish oil. And you start that at the fall equinox because that's when we start losing light, right? So what happens a lot of the times is little bit by little bit by little bit, your, your body's losing the light and getting you know, a little bit more and more and more um, depressed. And I think we should talk about that too, because what I, I found, yeah, because what I found with depression is like, we're supposed to be depressed, not, not as a medical um, condition, but we are supposed to come down. Our energy is coming down. And I found for so many women that I work with, and this applies to men too. I just happen to work with a lot of women um, that simply accepting that going down willingly, allowing yourself to love the winter makes all the difference. I actually, at, at my retreat, a woman came up to me and she said, you know, I, I went through a deep depression this past winter. She said, and as I was laying in bed, I kept saying to myself, this is just one part of the cycle. I'm going to rise again. I'm fine. I'm just having that mantra for herself. She said, you know, it made it really easy. Like she gave herself permission to be where she was instead of fighting it. And she just allowed herself to rise when the time came. Um, and she said it made it not scary, you know? And both you and I are talking about that in, in Winds of Spirit, for sure. The book is all about getting realigned to the natural cycles of, you know, our, our planet. And, and we're talking about that same thing, too. I was having this realization last month that, hmm, fall becomes the busiest time of year for me. Like, what is it that all of a sudden I have to ramp up and, you know, get more book sales. And, you know, I have a conference that I do for the day job in January. And, you know, there's like all of this hustle bustle activity when I'm supposed to be kind of getting ready to ramp down. We have holiday parties <laughs> and festivities and, yeah. and, and, and it's counterintuitive. I, you know, I think it's our way of fighting the darkness culturally it's our you know it's our fear because remember winter and this is in our bones this is in our dna winter was scary you didn't want to have a baby over the winter i mean that was scary times in a lot of cultures if you hadn't put enough food up if you hadn't put enough firewood up um you might not make it so i think that we fight 
we fight going down. We fight the emotional going down because we're so grateful to be in a time and place in history. And remember, you carry the DNA of your ancestors, right? So things that they felt, they're built into you. And I, th I think that there's just something in us. It's like, ah, oh, we're really going to make it. We're, we're okay. We've got heat. We've got food. And we kind of um, push the darkness out. So I think it's a balance. You know, I think it's a balance between feeding your, your emotions, which might crave the light, um, but also feeding that deep need to make like a tree and let the energy descend into your tap roots. Um, so what I do personally is I treat October into early November. I treat that like the harvest. And so when I was in Ireland, you know, we had a huge harvest. I mean, we worked long hours to bring the herbs in before Samhain. So I am like pedal to the metal, you know, and I go full, I, I'm all in October into those first couple days of November, I'm all in. And then I start to ratchet it back just like, you know, the nights are getting longer. I don't do it all at once. It's a slow ratcheting back. And when I hit um, the solstice, solstice means sun stands still. Sol is sun, stis is still. Um, when we hit that place where, what this means is if you watch the horizon, the sun usually moves an itty bitty bit each day. But at the summer and the winter solstices, it appears to stand still for about five days on either side of the solstice. So it doesn't travel the horizon. So when we hit that point, that's when our office closes. We take two weeks and we're over and out. Um, and then I start to climb back out again, right? So I've... I have worked this cycle into my daily life and it's not an instant cutoff. It's like, I reduce, I reduce, I reduce, I pause, I grow, I grow, I grow, I grow. So there is room for a party and things like that up until that time of now we're standing still. Then I just pile on the books and the movies. <laughs> exactly. Doesn't everyone want to go work for her? You know, holidays <laughs> are off. <laughs> That's so, that's so awesome because I just feel such a resonance to everything you're saying. You just reminded me something of DNA. So how do you work with, you know, there's some DNA that we really enjoy a lot better than other parts of the <laughs> chain we've been offered. So how do you work with that? How Are there herbs that can help you... Um, <laughs> Maybe if you had something hereditary one one lifetime that your parents had that you really want to stave off, uh, do you work with herbs in that way as well? You know, here's, okay, here's my personal take on this. And I feel like um, the herbs grow, let's do this as the three medicine kingdom. So this makes the most sense. On the very surface of the earth, right? Like the, out, the outside is us and the animals, we all run around the surface. And then you have the plants that kind of go from the surface into the next layer. Like those roots go deep down into the next layer. So they take us a little bit in, but the stones are where 
you get deep, deep, deep into the earth. Some of those stones are created right in the center of the earth. So when you have things that are really deep, you know, that are DNA level deep, genetic level deep, um, that's when I turn more to stone medicine. And so this becomes more shamanic, more ritual. Um, although you can use stones as elixirs, you can actually put them in water. You need to be careful which ones because stones are made up of different elements like aluminum and copper and things like that. And we need to keep those in balance in our bodies. So don't just jump in and start throwing stones in water. But with a little research, stones can go into water and you can make an elixir. So one stone in particular that I'll use for DNA level work is garnet. Um, red garnet relates to the blood. So things that are in your blood, deep in your lineage. And uh, an old Taoist tradition, I studied, um, I'm still studying Taoist stone medicine uh, with a woman named Sarah Thomas. And her program is, she just changed the name, I think it's Higher Clarity Stone Medicine. And this is a, a very old tradition that's passed down through 88 generations um, of Taoist monks. And the 88th uh, began teaching in the West and Sarah studied with him. So this is very old information. And one of the things that you do with garnet is you make an elixir simply by putting it in your, you know, in your cup and leaving it overnight. Um, and you take a few sips of that every day. And that begins to unravel things that are in your DNA. Um, it brings up the blood in the traditional Chinese medicine sense of the word. So it also can bring up your energy, which is really useful at this time of year. But what I found for myself was when, when I worked through this, I pulled things to the surface that were kind of deep within me. Um, even physiologically, I tend to embody things. You know, we all have different ways that we connect with our intuition. I'm one of those people who embodies everything. If you come to me and you're like, my thyroid doesn't feel right, I might wake up with a goiter that I then have to clear. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like, give me your shit. Um, right. and so, all the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's taken some, some work to kind of get that level of sentience under control. Um, so for me, when I worked with Garnet, I was getting symptomology that I then cleared. And so you set the intention instead of just spiraling into, remember energy follows intention, right? So instead of just spiraling into, oh no, I have a UTI, you go, hold it, I'm working with Garnet. I set the intention of clearing things from my lineage. What does this UTI have to do with my lineage? And, and then as you clear the UTI using, and I'm not saying you're gonna get a UTI, that's just an example. Um, but as you clear whatever comes up for you, you're consciously calling that you're clearing the energy of it too, that you're clearing this from the DNA level, that you're working it through however you work it through. Hopefully you're not like me working it through your body and you can work it through ritual um, or through dreams or through shamanic journeying and you're releasing it. And again, I love to take everything to the fire. Ultimately, I'm, I'm always in front of the fire saying here, please compost, compost this. Um, so yeah, the stones are great for that. I am like in awe and fascinated and hanging on every single word. <laughs> I mean, truly, it's like a realm of, of thinking that I haven't really put a lot of attention to. 
Would you hold up your book as, as we, because I am Absolutely. sure everybody listening is going to want this book and your next two as well. So it's called The Illustrated Herbiary. And there's beautiful illustrations in there. Can you just- Yeah, so let me find burdock, which is actually one of the herbs I suggested for um, this time of year. And I can, I can read this if you'd like. Would you? Yeah, that would be such a great way to end. And look at those illustrations. Yeah, so my, my desire with this book, there are tons, tons of wonderful books by wonderful herbalists out there, which will give you hardcore information use this plant for, for these ailments. This plant has these chemical constituents. And I thought, you know, what we're really lacking is books that connect us on a heart level with the plants. And so that's what I set out to do. And we decided to create tarot-like illustrations. And we actually have cards. In the back of the book are cards. So, you know, these come with every book. Um, and everything is really... Um, meant to engage you on lots of different levels. So you have the visual engage, engagement as well as the words, because I want people to feel these plants again. Because mm -hmm. once you feel them, you can figure out how you want to work with them. So burdock is tap your resources. You know the burrs that get matted into your dog's coat in autumn? The ones that prick your fingers and refuse to come untangled? That's burdock. She is a tireless companion, and yes, she sticks with you, cheering you on when you're running low on steam or self-esteem or recovering from a lingering ailment. Burdock's a nurturer, building you up with gentle sweetness and asking nothing in return. Her taproot, her taproot runs deep. Once she sets her sights on breaking up crusty soil or shifting old habits, she's persistently relentless. She's the friend of your childhood, the one you could always count on to have your back. Trust me, she says, all will be well. Mm. What a beautiful way to end this conversation and such a beautiful soul you are. And, and I really look forward to collaborating more in the, in the future with you because just the wind and the, the herbs and the animals are like, because you know, the wind separates the, 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 all of those layers you were talking about. That's where the wind moves through. So get her book and then winds of spirit and you're like going to be, ready to ready to go live back with nature it's earth and sky right right earth and yeah. sky and and then the heavens we, we got it all here so <laughs> my it's like an absolute delight to have you on this i am winter solstice uh call and for those of you when she was talking about going to the fire we have uh, over 100 fire tenders here holding yes. space for this celebration like they've got candles burning altars going so that this this symposium is is the celebration of uh, as we move from the solstice and that stillness we're holding that stillness so you can nourish yourself with all of the the information and the wisdom that the the these uh keepers hold so stay tuned and we'll see you tomorrow thank you so much thank you for joining us today and you're welcome to share this gift with your friends stay with us for the 12 days of the yule and if you feel called to go deeper please join the group of committed fire tenders on the Wind Clan group page wall on Facebook. We look forward to being together with you on this online ceremony to celebrate and bring ritual back to the holy days.